Hey everybody, we are here today with a drummer, musician, Tim Andreas. How you doing, That's man? Right. Good, Rob. How you doing? I'm pretty good, man. Good. Uh, so, you and I have known each other a couple years now, and um, you are a drummer. I am. Mm. And uh, so, first of all, what is up with like drummers getting no respect? Jeez, that's a loaded question, Rob. <laughs> I think that is uh, it's an age old uh, age old deal. You know the you know the joke coming into the any auditions. What do you call a guy that hangs around with three musicians? Uh -huh, a drummer. Yeah, ah, mm -hmm. yeah. But um, I don't know. It's uh, it's difficult it, to to put into words exactly what that is, but. Um, I think there's this general, you know, feeling that a drummer is somebody that doesn't actually play a tune, so therefore somehow he's not an mm -hmm. actual musician. But I uh, will argue the point that that is actually a misnomer because most drummers, when you think about it, have to carry that, you know, backbone of a song along with the rhythm section, bass guitarist, and so to say that there is not musicality to that is mm -hmm. definitely a false statement. But, uh, you know, what you do is you, you tend not to be defensive and you just roll with the punches. Yeah, all right, all right. You, do. you know, sometimes I'll throw a little rib back. It's like, well, yeah, what do you call a drummer that hangs around with three other guys? You know, it's a guy with a job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. So, yeah, so t so talk about that. How many how many times do, the, do guys ask you to, like, call a tune? Uh, you know what? I'm going to say it doesn't happen very often mm -hmm. when I'm asked to call a tune. Mm -hmm. You know, usually it's, do you know this tune? Yep. Mm -hmm. you know? And uh, and generally the answer is close or maybe. Mm -hmm. Let's start rocking it and see how it goes. Right. You know, especially like a jam session or something sure. like that. Where you might have a bunch of old, you know, standards and what have you. Mm -hmm. But uh, ordinarily in, a, you know, like an audition type setting or a situation like that, it's more or less, you know... Preset, you know, you're going to go into a situation where you have an audition list of, you know, mm -hmm. let's say five songs, and bang those out, and then it might migrate at that point into, a, you know, what else do you know? Yeah, you know, yeah. Kind of and then they're kind of asking you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so you already alluded to this a little bit, which was my next question. Like, what, what's the role of a drummer? What's, what's your job in a band? Well, that's interesting because you know a lot of times a you know, I've talked to a lot of drummers that, you know, perhaps don't have professional experience and they have this almost, uh, I'm an accompaniment instrument type feeling, mm -hmm. but, you know, a drummer is also more than an accompaniment instrument. It's, it is the backbone, it's the spine of the music. And, you know, there's, you know, there's all the, you know, talk about, you know, click track, no click track, you know, mm -hmm. how does that work within a live setting and so on and so forth. But, you know, I think what that does is if, if, a, if a band can learn to center themselves around the meter of a song instead of mm. the groove or a feeling on the song, mm. the groove and the feeling comes back in, but it's on tempo, mm. you know. And so often when a band resists that, you know, the drummer actually being the backbone of spine of that music, you know, you can have a little bit of chaos going on because there's, you, you can kind of, you know, create swampy sounds and what have you to kind of migrate back and forth around the meter with, you know, uh, instruments, stringed instruments and what have you. But with a drum, you know, you're, you're percussive, you're, you're punctuative. It's, it's going to stand out if you're not tied in directly with the instruments. So I think uh, a good drummer knows how to steer the band where he needs it to be. Uh, and, and in so doing, I think, you know, he becomes that, uh, you know, that uh, gospel of, you know, according to drummer, you know, tempo. And mm -hmm. it's gonna be that way and the music will follow suit. And likewise, like I said, you know, the, the groove and all that will fall back into place when the band becomes more comfortable with that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So, cause like, cause you're obviously not, as a drummer, not responsible for like pitches in general, right. but you are very much responsible for the rhythm of the song. So would you say that you're, job is to kind of help them stay there absolutely. a little bit you know yeah absolutely not that not that they don't need to have some of that in themselves already you know i mean you right. can't be their metronome for them it, right. it's to help 
right? I mean, it was, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think that it, it when you can trust your rhythm section as a musician, mm -hmm. uh, you have more fluidity to what you do. It's kind of like singing along with the radio. You, you know, you may feel very comfortable singing a song in your car going down the road and you hit all the vocal gymnastics and right. everything just like that singer did on that cut track. Mm -hmm. But then when somebody's strumming a guitar and asking you to do it, you fall off the tracks and you find it hard to fit in certain amounts of, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, swag into that small segment, mm -hmm. you know. But why is that? It's because you're not comfortable with it. You know, and when a band can learn to be comfortable with that, that the drummer is that meter and he is establishing that, then you can just feel comfortable doing it the way you know it's supposed to go and not try to guess where he's going next. Mm -hmm. So, I think that's yeah. a big deal. Yeah, and my, my teacher, at my original orchestra teacher in high school, talked to us about this, this rule that if you don't play in tune, nobody wants to hear you. And it's this really crazy, like... It's this hard, hard, to, it's kind of a rough rule to tell kids, you know, basically right. you're not playing in tune, so everybody right. thinks you suck, yeah. you know, but I would add a second one to that of if you don't play in time, nobody really wants to play with you, Oh, absolutely. you know, and, and I think, I think that's another rough rule to kind of tell somebody that doesn't feel very good, yeah. you know, it's not a very gooey gooey feeling, but is there some truth to that? Oh yeah, definitely so. And you know. I think the feeling is mutual, unfortunately, because going back to the first statement, you know, drummers are not musicians, you know, the general uh, feeling out there. And, and I think that's more of a joke than it is a, an actual, you right. know, uh, a feeling. It just gives, you know, a, you know, some sort of comedic relief sometimes in, in a band mm -hmm. setting. But the fact is, is that oftentimes a drummer with impeccable tempo and timing can pick up on everybody's lack thereof. Mm -hmm. And then there becomes this rub, that's where the push is, you know? Yeah. It's like, well, who's wrong? Well, it's obviously a drummer, because we did right, we did fine just before this guy showed up. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, maybe they had a drummer that wasn't used to, you know, directing, let's say. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so he followed, and he found yeah. himself well acquainted with, you know, navigating the you know, bumpy waters or wherever they went, you know, right. rhythmically in that song. Um, you know, I found myself in that situation quite a bit, you know, and, and I can ordinarily fix wherever somebody else bobbles without, you know, doing this rough transition, just kind of steering it, if you will. Mm -hmm. And it's difficult, as I mentioned before, with percussive instrument, because, you know, you, you, you can play with, you know, micro timing. You can't really play with, you know, eighth note timing or something like that if something jumps the beat, you mm -hmm. know, because then it's going to be very evident. You know, right. So I think that door swings both ways. You know, there are yeah. drummers out there that struggle with timing. You know, and that's 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 uh, the whole point of why they're that, there. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, if you if you don't have timing, you're like drummer, hmm. you might want to think about something else, yeah, harmonica yeah, yeah. or something. You right. Know, that, that might be a good one. Yeah. The yeah. The, the you just said something really really interesting that I'd never even really thought of till you just said that is that when you have the band, they've had a previous guy. He's been he's had a certain reaction to their playing then you get another guy who's really really good and the they're used to this guy basically saving them right right there you the first guy was the savior because he just like followed them wherever they went they slowed right. down and he has a really good ear he adjusts well and his attitude isn't combative right yeah. you know we'll talk about the the mm -hmm. personality roles but he didn't have a combative attitude and so he was just able to yes sir no sir you know i mean he right. had that kind of mentality and was just following them then they get another really good guy and i think that's really interesting that you said that because now all of a sudden he has this attitude towards the other guys where he's like you know i can feel it you guys are you know slowing down yeah. and I'm, I'm pushing you and then they they come off that he's wrong right you know i just i thought that was really interesting that you said that because you know, definitely that happens when we have a band that's been together and then they go through, you know, they, they like a core of three people and then they get different drummers and bass players, for example, in and out of the band. And then all of a sudden they think this guy's really bad, but really like he's kicking their butt and yeah, he's exposing flaws yeah. is what he's doing, mm -hmm. which is interesting because a lot of times I've had this happen on multiple occasions where, you know, there's been, Hey, you're dropping the tempo in there, and I, you know, and I'll, and I'll, 
rebut that and say, no, you know, I'm actually holding the tempo and you're right. dropping the tempo because, uh, you know, the, the groove of the song or the funk you're feeling, especially in like slower, you know, funk, you know, tempos or mm -hmm. beats, you know, where you might feel that, you know, it's real, you know, punctuative type, you know, feel to it. But it also has a kind of laid back feel to it. And mm -hmm. oftentimes that's translated into slowing down. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's just like playing a, a three, four, or, or a, you know, a threes over fours, you know. I mean, it feels slower on the threes than it does on the fours, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you got that, that. But it's the same. You got your one, two, three, mm -hmm. two. No, you got your one, two, three, four, two, two, three, four. You know, so yeah. it's, it feels faster, but technically it's mm -hmm. the same tempo. Yeah. You know, so you, you run into stuff like that with those grooves. And, and you know, uh, well, interesting because, you know, when I've had those situations, sometimes like, let's just go ahead and throw this on the click. I'm going to have it in my ear. And let's see if yeah. I'm falling off the tracks or if you're falling off the tracks. Mm -hmm. And come to the same segment of the song. You know, we're in two different universes by this point on the meter, and I look at him, I say, I'm still on the click. Yeah, yeah, I haven't yeah. moved. Turn yeah. the click on where it's audible to everybody. Sure enough, I'm still on the click. Right. You know, so it doesn't make me perfect or to say, you know, that I, I don't make mistakes, but you got to also give credit where credit is due when a guy spends his whole life, you know, studying an instrument, which is predominantly rhythm. Yeah. You know, I mean... That's what we do. We count time. We mm -hmm. figure out things and timing signatures and in and out of timing signatures and right. things like that, so we can be a little bit more unique than a four-four slam, mm -hmm. you know. So. And they and they and that's the funny moment. I've had this with students all the time. They're like that, that uh, that metronome speeding up, and you're like, no, you're slowing <laughs> down, you know. It's like and and that so they think you're like like and that happens a lot. I think when we get these two extremes, because the the fast stuff, I think a lot of times we slow down because it's harder, and then the slow stuff we speed up in general. So when you're getting that slow stuff, and they're like, you're you know you're you're slowing down, and you're like, no, you're actually speeding mm -hmm. up. I'm staying right, right here. It feels like I'm speeding up, but really I'm staying and like you know. So that's got. I know that's got to be kind of frustrating in general to deal with uh, deal with guys like that. Um, the, the other drumming question I had that, that was really funny to me is that is when people like for me, uh, I, I notice a lot that there's like these three ways kind of to play a straight beat, three very different kind of sounds where you have the same, the same quarter and you can do it like a boom, chuck, boom, chuck, boom, chuck kind of the whole time, which would be more like a country. Right. And then you do like a boom check boom check boom check boom check boom check boom check boom and that check boom is when or you could do it in like a bossa right if if somebody flips or you go straight to like a train do do you know so the there's like four or maybe like 30 different ways to play that same straight beat right when somebody does that on me that never like screws me up ever because i'm counting you know but you know and and i forgot to mention this you know we may not just for nice sake we we might be able to talk about him but we might not mention you know his name of the band we were in but sure. but uh, the, um just because we're nice but when we were in that when we were in that band together um that was something of him as an example of some people when we're expecting the drummer to just stay there right. and then when the drummer wants to maybe not do a fill every five seconds but do something a little bit a little bit interesting with it yeah. and then some people just lose it like they can't uh, follow it or whatever i mean uh that's got to be frustrating, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, I mean, because you're you're almost taking it's like, well, you know, uh, and I and I always hate to make comparisons with you know great guitar players or this and that, but it'd be like you know taking you know uh, Eddie Van Halen and, and saying, okay, mm -hmm. well, you know, we we just want you to play rhythm, you know. Right. You know, none of those taps and pull-offs and pentatonic. Mm -hmm. Just play rhythm, because you know we fall off the tracks when you start doing all that other stuff. You know, and I mean, you know, no, it's blasphemy, no, right? I mean, it's yeah, no disrespect yeah, yeah. to Eddie Van Halen. I'm probably, right. you know, I'm, I won't rank myself amongst that category, but yeah. you know, I mean, the fact is, is that uh, you know, when I want to play a song and I want to put something into that song, typically, you know, especially playing cover tunes, I'm going to do as is you know as good as I can to, to try to cover it identically, you know, maybe not exactly beat for beat and all the, you know, fills, 
Although I'll tell you, I, I do a pretty good, you know, job of put, pulling that off. You know, when I set my mind to it. As close to the uh, recording as, as you yeah, can. Yeah, as close yeah, as yeah, I can yeah, because yeah. I think that's respect to the original artist. I mean, right, that's just the way right. I feel about that. But, uh, you know, but sometimes I want to showcase a little bit of what I what mm -hmm. I do. I, I just did something at a show down at Lake of the Ozarks like that, you know, where I took a, a great drummer segment and I feel like I kind of made it mine, yeah. you know, a little bit. Yeah. And uh, I was real happy with it and it was kind of flashy. It probably wouldn't fit for the time, but, you know, it worked out really well. But, yeah. I've had multiple occasions where I've played a song, How It Goes, and I'll have a guitar player, and I had one just recently, a good friend of mine just passed away, fantastic guitar player, mm -hmm. uh, but um, he was real buggy about that. Yeah. Uh, he turned around, he's like, man, he, it's too busy, it's too busy, simplify, because mm -hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm losing where I'm at, yeah. you know, so, yeah. you know. So I try to have a certain amount of sensitivity, but I also like to be true to the original cut. If I can, mm -hmm. you know, out of pure respect, if nothing else, but I want to have fun too. Come on, yeah, Give me a yeah I know, and that, that's always where we're. I'm, I'm sure I don't have to deal with that, and it, definitely with the kind of being a solo instrument, but being a kind of a more of a lock it down part of the band. You know, that's right. got to be a that's got to be a teetering act that you've got to really do. I mean, that leads me to my next point of kind of the difference because you play a lot of like heavy stuff. You know, yeah. definitely a lot. You're you've had a lot of experience playing rock. Right. And uh, but then when you roll over to like country, you know, it's it's the same instrument. Right. You know, and it's the same general role. Mm -hmm. But what, what would you say? So like of the, those couple of genres that you played specifically drums on, like what what are some of the differences there that you've noticed? Well, I will say probably one of the biggest things that I noticed and, and I don't want to make, you know, any cliche remarks towards any genre music because everything has its you know uniqueness. But uh, country western, you know, or let's just say country in mm. general, is uh, you know maybe let's, let's narrow it down to a little bit more like outlaw music and things like that. Mm. Has a very standard beat. Yeah. You know, most of the songs you could you could stay on one shuffle and work through twenty five songs and never change beats or mm. tempos and it fit. Yeah. Um, and and formulaically the songs are typical. You know, they it, it goes through you know four stanzas and a da 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 da. I mean, so you got the same thing that you're kind of working around all the time. It can make for somewhat of a boring situation, you know. I, I, I know a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, more modern country, which is kind of crossover, it's more right. rock, you know, and they get interesting. Some of those drummers are fantastic, you yeah, know. I yeah. mean, you listen to the, you know, Jason Bolins and uh, Jason Aldean yeah. and, you know, Jake Owen and some of these guys out there. Great drummers, you know, and really pulling off some, you know, really unique stuff. But as a whole, I find that, you know, the old standards, pretty boring to play. Yeah. Not a whole lot of uniqueness to them. Those um, old waltz has got to be just, just torturous, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they can tear you up after a while. Yeah. Well, and moreover, you got to watch falling asleep because, you know, you're bored to death and you're back there, you know, playing and, and here comes a change in the song or, you know, a segue or an ending. And it's like, oh, where, where was I again? You were looking for some cue, some vocal cue. It's like, yeah, he's not singing nothing. Come on, come on, you know. But, uh, yeah, so there's, there's definitely that, you know. Yeah. But to contrast that, say, for instance, with a typical rock genre, mm -hmm. even pop stuff in top 40s, I mean, you know, I listen to some things. I mean, listen to Toto. Listen to, you know, uh, I was, heck, I was listening to Mr. Mr. the other day. You know, I'm not a big, huge fan of the band, but, you know, certainly I'll give respect. There's some segments in that drumming, and it's jazzy, and, he, and he's tearing it up. And yeah, yeah, listen to yeah. It, it kind of, you know, it was one of those moments I'm thinking this is a pretty straightforward song, but, you know, he does some things in there to try to accent on the cymbals and things and offbeats and, you know, some cool kick beats, dun 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 you know, he's got that kind of feel to it, and then he's on a ding ding dun 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 you know, so he's got this nice little off-tempo feel in there. You're seldom going to find that in country. Yeah, yeah. You know, but then moving more into like a rock feel, you know, or, or more metal, you know, mm -hmm. migrating more of the top 40 stuff to, you know, maybe some commercial metal or hair metal kind of stuff, you know, now you're, you're you know, super punctuative, you're, you know, you're accenting and, and, and actually playing on time with certain breaks and fills and things like mm -hmm. that where it requires stops, lots of stops yeah. and things mm -hmm. like that. You know, 
um, you got to be on your toes. There's nothing boring about that, and that's where it gets fun. You know? Right. And, you know, you migrate a little farther into some more alternative stuff where you're playing more polyrhythms and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Certainly no room to fall asleep. Lots yeah. of fun. But then, you know, you might, you know, depending on who you are as a drummer, some of that might actually be over the top to find a level of, you know, middle ground where you're actually happy drumming too because that yeah. can become a job you know <laughs> right yeah and that's an, inter that's an interesting point about the uh and th this is this is i mean we could go all night on this uh, this topic of the finding that balance of it being not too boring but not homework either right you know and that, that may i don't know if that's what yeah. you're kind of implying where you get into some of these types of music especially when you get into like odd meters and stuff like oh, yeah. that where where you can kind of I mean, go in into the practice room for days and never come out, you know, and, and it yeah. can be like too much of a mind screw, you know. Yeah, it's a lot um, of pressure, you know. I, I interestingly, I, I played with with a country band. I was invited to come out and play, and uh, you know, when I say it's formulaic, and once you kind of have a you know a good handle on how the music works, you can almost show up blind or cold. Yeah. And uh, I had a guy send me 60 songs at 11 o'clock in the morning. Right, right. Like, 11 o'clock yeah. in the morning, and he's like, yeah. we got a four-hour show we're playing yeah. tonight. And Be I mean, ready. <laughs> how many of these do you know? And I'm looking over the list. I'm like, uh, you know, and I'm asking him questions like, well, what, who does this song? He's like, man, you're scaring me. I was like, well, you're not the one that just sent a yeah, 60, yeah, yeah. you know, received a 60-song right. set list that you got to try to perform tonight. Well, so I get this set list and I go down and I set clicks to everything. I find, you know, either YouTube videos or MP3 downloads. And I, you know, I spent probably four hours, you know, getting ready for this thing and, you know, just kind of going over intros and any. So I got a little, you know, clipboard, wrote down my endings and my mm -hmm. intros on each one of these songs, have a meter set and I kind of count off so I know how to bring each song in. You're such a nerd. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know somebody's got to do it, right? So, so <clears throat> I get this thing all rigged up. I got Freaking you know, brown nose. No, I'm just kidding. Know, right? <laughs> brown noser. So I show up. I don't even know these guys. I've never met the guitar player, never yeah. met the bass guitar player, which is scary when you've never met your wingman, yeah. you know? And, uh, and a steel guitar player shows up out there, and uh, I'm literally still trying to go over some of these songs in the car, wife's driving, yeah. you know, on the way over there. Well, we get in there, and I set up my little click in here, you know, so I'm, you know, comfortable, because bear in mind, again, I don't know these songs, I just know the basic formulas on them. So we click this set off, we get all the way through this set, and the bass guitar player turns around, and he's talking to the lead guitar player and singer, and he's like, that drummer really messed that song up. Doesn't he know that song? And I looked at him and I said, man, I don't know any of these songs. I said, so 60 songs, you got to try to pull off a set list for that night. In one day. Yeah, yeah, in one day. So, but, you know, I felt pretty good on the boogering up one song on that whole deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, that's cool, man. You know, it's, uh, it, it's, but, but conversely, if you give me a heavy metal set, you know, I might get one song right. You know, that, yeah. that's the biggest difference. You know, if yeah. somebody said, hey, we're going to do a, a you know tool tribute you know show up here tonight and you know well forget it because i wouldn't get any of them right <laughs> yeah right right and that has nothing to do because you've played a lot of heavy rock sure. it's just that and this gets back to the point of like i think it's always funny like at the blues jams for instance or when you're in a country band it's it's not just because it's the particular part of that genre is that there isn't that many hits and that many stops in some of the right. songs where, or if they do, you can get a real easy from yeah. the, from the guitar player and then, okay, stop, you yeah. know, and then you're back into it in four bars or something. And right. so they're real easy to cue sure. and, but the rock stuff I've noticed, and, and that's one, I think maybe one reason getting back to our original point of why people don't ask drummers in blues bands and stuff to pick songs is because like you want to play it if you want to play like pride and joy well we could pick 19 other shuffles that is right. the same freaking song exactly right. so okay let's just play a shuffle and just pick one you know yeah. a slow blues okay let's just pick one right. of the hundred there are in but in rock uh, there's a lot of you know dig down down dig down boom and they right. you know on all these ends of phrases and stuff mm -hmm. and you really got to kind of know the songs more than 
country and blues, for example. I think jazz is very similar to the country and blues, even in the same way, because there isn't, there's some, but there's a lot of those swing tunes that don't really have hits exactly like rock do, where they're they're super precise. Mm -hmm. The drummer can kind of do whatever accents he wants. There isn't this big spot where we're all unison drums, bass, and we all. You know, yeah. da, 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 boom. You yeah. know, where, where we're not supposed to exactly hit that. Dr- jazz is very hard. You know, it's very, the, the beats are just way harder. But rock is very specific. And funk, I think, is very specific in that, too, where some t- some of the songs, um, what in country and those you just play through, you, you've got to kind of know your songs oh, more yeah. as rock. Right. right. Which takes us to the very first question, uh, you know, as a drummer, you you need to know the song. You need to be a musician. You need yeah. to know how to to you know just as if you know you're going to do a chord transition on a stringed instrument or or you know you know any any you know tone changes or anything vocally. You know you need to know exactly where that is. Mm. You know obviously perception is we just set a beat and just keep playing, right? But the fact is is that yeah. In, in jazz, you kind of got a right, left, center thing, you know, you can you can go off this way, you can go off that way, as long as you know the center is, yeah, you know, yeah. and especially like progressive style, you know, style right. environments, that's welcome and, and yes. encouraged, yeah. you know, um, but rock is very punctuative and you got to know the song, progressive yeah. rock, you got to know the yeah. song, you got to know where the hits are, the stops are, and you got to know where the timing changes are. And, and in a couple unique circumstances, and you know, even going back into older rock, you know, there may be tempo changes in the song. Mm-hmm. It's very uncommon. Yeah. Even some things that feel like tempo changes are actually just setting up a different attitude at the same tempo. Yes, yes. Yeah. You know, but you know, like uh, I think, um, I want to say Stairway to Heaven was one of the first songs that was kind of introduced to the rock world that actually has a physical timing change. Or a change to it, yeah. you know, and it does. It bumps up 15, 20 beats a minute somewhere, right. mm-hmm. two thirds of the way down the song when right. the instruments start yeah. coming in. It has yeah. this real build to it, you know, which was part of you know Robert Plant's genius. You know, mm-hmm. you know he kind of built that. Um, but then you have uh, you know, and, and most recently I'm playing with a Leonard Skinner tribute, uh, Edge mm-hmm. of Forever, out of um, Fort Leavenworth, Kansas, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I, I'm playing a. Uh, a song that has a 20 beat, you know, uh, a minute, uh, you know, timing chain. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows what that, that song is, it's Freebird, you know, so, you know, it literally has a timing change. It goes from like 118 to 151, yeah, I believe, right. somewhere, right? right? Um, so, you know, so there's an actual, you know, example of that. So you gotta be, you know, there's musicality there. You right. got to know where you are. You gotta yeah. know what you're doing. And then you gotta present these hits specifically on time when you mm-hmm. got, you know, a nine-piece band all trying to do that at the same time. There's no guesswork at that. Yeah. You know, so. You know. Yeah. The and one song you and I know really good was the uh, uh, Copperhead Road. Oh yeah. Right. And and <laughs> yeah. we we've, we've had some discussions on right. that song in our previous band. And I I don't know it, you know I don't know if I'm correct about that song specifically, but. I think one thing that, that really blew my mind when I first got into town and definitely when I started to work on my albums is I had this mentality that the drummer just goes and does their thing, but I didn't really realize you know those differences between the boom chuck and then the boom chicka doom chick doom chicka doom and then or the train or the right. you know these a whole bunch of very very similar beats in the same tempo mm-hmm. and I think a lot of times when we're with non-trained musicians we somebody hears something where it feels like it speeds up right. but it doesn't speed up the, the right. drummer's just doing a different feel right here exactly. the click is still yeah and he's just doing a train now instead of a boom chuck and it feels like it feels like it speeds up but really just the energy has changed right and that that's always frustrating when i'm dealing with trained musicians know this you know they know that <laughs> yeah. this is really what's happening it's still right. Exactly. It's still the same tempo same throughout tempo. the whole song, but but what the drummer has done has changed, and that's back to the the idea of with drummers where people are like, oh, I like that part, and and then they kind of under they kind of try to figure out, well, why is that different from this? 
oh, the drummer is doing a different feel right here. Right. That's why you think this part is so cool. Right. It's really the drums. It's not the guitar player getting all the fame. Right. It's really the yeah. drummer right here yeah. is doing a different thing. Yep. And uh, and I just I just think that's really cool that 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 is really why that this is one thing that that gets back to our immediate thing is that I always think of drums and bass that I've learned a ton with here in the last five years of really understanding the different kicks and the different feels that you can do is that I look at the rhythm section sort of exactly like linemen in football where mm -hmm. when it's running right, nobody cares, right. you know, and then when you get a really bad drummer, everybody, everything falls. Right. You know, I mean, and I'm sure you've, you, you oh, probably yeah. have not dealt with that too many times because you play drums, but definitely you'd probably agree with that with like a bass, oh, yeah. you know, as when a bass player. Well, yeah, there's a, you know, I mean, we all have that awkward moment, you know, <clears throat> we don't start out proficient musicians, so, you know, we right. all, all have those transitional moments. Uh, I have a videotape, VHS tape from the 1980s, you know, and I, 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 I you know, it was it was so funny because a band that I was playing in at the time, uh, we got asked to come play this show at City Park where it was a showcase, basically local talent, all mm -hmm. this stuff. This is, you know, we're all, you know, um, young kids, 18, 17 years old. We get up on the stage, you know, and play this and, and uh, you know, to play a set and we're just all amping out, you know, because we're so thrilled that we're actually sure. playing with a real PA system in front of real people. Right, this and that. right. Well, you know, we were full. We were fully unprepared for this thing. You know, we had no idea what we were doing or what we were getting ourselves into, and we ran out of music very quickly. I mean, it was bad. We were so unprepared. We didn't have a set list. So we were trying right. to bring it. You know, right. we were like, what yeah. songs do we have? So, you know, captured in you know time in, in a in a time capsule. You know, where I can never forget it is my first live drum solo. And you know, it undoubtedly was the worst drum solo in rock and roll history. <laughs> But at the time, <laughs> it felt like the best drum oh, solo yeah. in rock history, yeah. you know, because I was doing it. I think the only confirmation to me at the time that it wasn't any good is when I got done, you know, there's this awkward, you know, clap here and maybe one here and it's like, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, that feels yeah, great, but, isn't it, yeah. Yeah, so, you, you know, I mean, we That's all funny. have those moments as a, as a musician where you, you can trash something pretty bad, you know, and, mm. and you learn from it. And yeah. You get better because it's... Yeah. And that's my constant reminder ever since 1987. Don't ever do that. Right, right. That's really good, man. I mean, I think all of us need to keep that humble mentality, right? It can be really easy to think you're you're kind of something special out right. of any of us, you know. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, you know. I, and the other thing about that is, is I cannot... It's not possible to fail worse than that, right? You know, I mean, you can look at it like that, where it's like, you know, it, but you know what I'm saying, you know, like I can't do any worse than that. So the only place to go is up, you know. So that's like, absolutely. Yeah. So last thing on bands is that one uh, thing that you and I have had many, many conversations about is the idea of that the thing that I'm really passionate about is like kind of running a band and all the little things that happen with like the personalities of band members and, and all the relationships and uh, coming, Whit Marcellus always quotes it as the negotiation, right. especially jazz, about that this person's the prima donna and this guy yeah. is the, maybe the drummer that doesn't want any solos or that this guy wants to do stuff like the original, this guy wants to purposely not do it like the original, you know, all those little moments like... Um, what is something in a band that you've had in the past in regards to all that that hasn't worked? What, what's been a moment that's been really bad in that? Well, you know, unfortunately... Please list people. Please, <laughs> <laughs> please out them. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. You know, I mean, bands Throw are... Throw them right under the bus. Bands are difficult uh, dynamic because, you know, I, these are a bunch of uh, real creative people to begin mm. with. And, you know... I like to think that, you know, drummers are, you know, we're mathematical, so we're more of the analytical, you know, component to a band sometimes. Mm. But, you know, then I, I, I've had my fair share of, you know, ups and downs, so I can't really say that that's a fact. But, you know, dealing with different personality types and sensitivity levels, this is like an expression. What we do is like painting on a canvas, you know. So somebody comes up and looks at that canvas after you're done and you're pretty proud of it, you know, and makes a comment about it. 
you know, that you're not happy with, it can rattle your ego pretty bad. You know, especially if these are talented musicians or people that you respect. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've learned to be very sensitive. I've auditioned people and had them come into my band space and, and you know, for vocals. And I said, hey, can you just come back next week and do that again? You did a really great job, but, you know, the boys will want to hear a little bit more from you. And this gal turns to me and she says, well, I sang my ass off, but I didn't hear you guys do shit. So I was like, mm -hmm. well, so here's this, you know, this example of a person that, you know, I wasn't trying to offend her, you know, I was trying to, you know, hopefully we can just bring it up just a notch and get everybody on, on board with it. But, you know, I offended her. And that's partly because she came out and painted, you know, her canvas and, and it didn't get the, the, the response that she was looking for. Um, I, I've found that there's, you know, that we have lead singer disease, we have lead guitarist disease that we all have to contend with. Yeah, they get a disease, don't they? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it, it's, uh, and, and, and you're very fortunate, and I, and I find that the, the current setup that I'm in with the, with the Edge of Forever out of Kent, or Leavenworth is this, uh, um, uh, my, my lead singer is uh, very, very down to earth and very humble and probably one of the most talented musicians I know hands down. He can get on that drum set and play and show me where I messed up. He can get on the guitar and play everybody's part better than they can, typically mm. in some circumstances, because the guy is, lives, eats, and breathes this stuff. Mm. And, I, and I say that with all due respect to the other musicians in the band, because I'm fortunate to be in a band with just absolutely phenomenal musicians all the way around. Mm. But, you know, from vocal talent all the way down the list. <clears throat> but, you know, the, there's always gonna be those personality conflicts. There's the real strong lead guy who doesn't mind stepping on toes. We know those guys. You know, the guy that doesn't think twice before he turns around and cuts you off at the knees, you know, or, you know, worse. You know, we've all had that, you know, in recent history. I think you guys, you and I can probably affiliate on some of those ideas or thought processes because, you know, we've experienced it. And where it's uncalled for, it could have been handled completely different. But I think that's kind of an extreme too, you know, because mm -hmm. most of the time it's more of a touchy-feely situation where you might step on somebody's toes and just didn't say the right thing because of their artsy mentality, you know. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> when it, the the lady, so the example of the lady that you talked about, mm -hmm. what as a teacher, I'm always wondering. So, is asking the question, is there something I can do about this situation? And what I'm meaning by that is that, is there a is there a moment where I can say this a right way and a wrong way and I need to pick the right way? Or is it maybe the situation where you're talking about where I picked the right way and she still took it wrong? So then that, that leads me to the next question is, is that moment, is there anything that's going to fix this right now? You know, and, yeah. I, I mean, and that really annoys me. Because there's a, there's a thing I can't do anything about this right now. Right. Because they're going to take it personal. No matter what criticism I put out there, no yeah. matter how I say yeah. it, they're going to take it personal. So my next question to myself is, what do I do now? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, you know. Yeah, you can't reel it back in. Once horses leave the barn, it's kind yeah. of like, okay, it's out there floating around and go into damage control, you know. Right. Um, but then you got to be careful that you don't show all your, all your cards because in a circumstance like that, you know, we weren't 100% positive. But you do want to give her another chance because she might have right. had it. So we don't yeah. want to say, hey, you know, forget what I said, you're in. You know, and have right. her come back and regret that decision. Right. Although I will say yeah, uh, that I've seen her many times perform since then. She's in one of Kansas City's top bands now out there. Right. I regret that moment. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know? Because in that, in that audition situation, you're only seeing you're you're not seeing her after four gigs right. doing this material, exactly. you know, and you've seen her in other bands, and you go like, wow, she's tearing this up, tearing it up. But but in this audition, it was whatever it was, and so I guess like my my thing is like dealing with the personalities is really like finding, you know, finding some sort of general rule that people can can think about when they're dealing with people in a band. Um, I think the criticism thing that you were talking about is really interesting because all of us trained people, I, I think all of us that have taken many, many lessons, I think are, 
we can be better at criticism and we can't be as well because we can, we're used to taking criticism because we've had, you know, had 400 violin lessons of criticism. So when somebody says something, it's kind of like, yeah, well, it doesn't roll off. You're like, oh, okay. You know, we never questioned our teachers ever. Right. You know, we just go, okay, you're awesome. I'm not worthy. All right. I need to do this. Okay. Yeah. But then it can also be a, a, also bad after a while because you know you have training and you right. know you're good so when somebody does give you criticism you're like i have a degree from blah 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 and, you yeah. know university of your choice and and you know i i know and you know and so like i'm finding that there there isn't there isn't these rules right. it's different with every person and it that's is. really 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 frustrating <laughs> you know i think it's doubly frustrating again you know, I, I'm just frank about it. Dealing with musicians, it's not like I'm dealing with a team of engineers. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's just black and white. Mm-hmm. You know, we're doing mathematical equations and coming out with you know, you know, stress tests on steel structures and you mm-hmm. know, finite analysis and things like this. Yeah. No, we're dealing with people's emotions and their art and their mm-hmm. and and what they. This is their insights coming out. Yes. This, they're demonstrating yes. who they are through this you yeah. know, beautiful you know presentation. You know, so it's it's a totally different animal, and I don't know that there is a, a way to fix it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can go down and, and, you know, go down a list of, you know, interviews from different, you know, uh, rock and roll musicians or musicians in general throughout history and hear, you know, the difficulties band members have had with this guy or that guy, you mm-hmm. know, and it's, and it's it's almost, you know, comical because you know it's there, mm-hmm. and everybody's had a situation with, with uh, you know, some you know, eccentricities, you know, <laughs> for, for lack of better terms. I mean, we're, we're dealing with a bunch of 50-year-old children, right? I mean, right. you know, I mean, all of us are, you know, right. I always joke, we're all adults, technically. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, and, yeah. and it's really interesting to deal with those people. But, right. yeah, I guess it's just something for me that I'll have to keep, keep kind of, keep thinking about. And it, it may be one of those things that you're dealing with bandmates, you'll have to take it on like a process of elimination kind of situation and you're like well I tried this thing three times and it blew up in my face really bad every right. time so maybe I don't have an answer but I know it's not that right <laughs> you know right. I know it's don't you know don't say hey screw you <laughs> you know yeah. like so yeah. but uh, yeah man um so last bit that I wanted to talk to you about is um what was really cool and I've never really had this before but you you had kind of or have and have been doing this kind of big professional career of, of gigging large venues, but um, you decided to, as a heavy metal drummer, like understand what I'm saying here, heavy metal drummer, decided to kind of try to take up violin here later in life. Yes. And as a, and for me, as a, having a student that has been this professional mm-hmm. already in some field, and then me teaching them has been a, been an interesting situation for me. Right. Um, it's been, I'll just say for myself, it's been really good because there is so much stuff that I don't have to explain to you. You know, <laughs> what is a quarter note, right? What is a da-da-da? You know, it's yeah. like, you know, and um, you already know if it's wrong. You right. know, I mean, you can tell if I'm off rhythm or if mm. I'm off pitch or, or if you're, yourself is off pitch. And... So that, that was nice for me because we can get right down to it. There's not all this extra crap. Um, but uh, talk, talk about that little kind of journey you've been on. It's, uh, yeah, it, it has been super uh, gratifying to, to the extent of, you know, I mean, I, I've been a, a rhythmic musician, you know, my mm-hmm. entire life. Everything that I've done, you know, and, and I've, I've dabbled with many different instruments, you know, piano, guitar, you know, whatever. You played you know. sax too? Yeah, I played sax. Saxophone, right, yeah. But, you know, it's kind of like, all right, there's my, you know, uh, jazz metaphor, right, left, center kind of thing, you know, I always kind of center back on drums, you know, it's been, mm-hmm. it's been my, my go-to. And part of that, you know, I think you and I have discussed this in the past, was it's identifying is what you are. You know, I've picked up the guitar and played some neat songs and, and people going, wow, you know, we, we didn't know you played guitar. And I'm like, yeah, I, I can play it, but I'm a drummer. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
yeah. uh, play a song on the piano. Well, I, I can play some songs on it's the bread piano. bread and butter, butter yeah, it's, right. yeah, yeah. So now this has been a different kind of thing for me because a lot of things that I've done have been kind of like supportive of what I ultimately want to do. Sometimes I'm in my, my studio working on drums and it's like, man, what is that guitar riff? I'll go pick up the guitar and I'll play that riff just so I can remember what that part sounded like. So if I'm developing something for it, I can go back over the drums. So it's, it's more of a means to an end. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this is a total, totally you know different venture. This is like, I want to play the fiddle. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to yeah. play the violin. And, you know, um, so playing it is, is, you know, that's one animal. And learning to play it is, you know, is a challenge because, you know, if, if, if there was ever an instrument that was meant to drive a person insane, you know, it's definitely the violin yeah. is amongst the most difficult instruments, mm -hmm. if not the most difficult, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm sure I could get a lot of support on that statement. Yes. You know, <clears throat> so, you know, people well, ask what, me, did, what did you call it? What, whose instrument is oh, it? Oh, this is Satan's instrument, man. I mean, he created this thing to drive people mad. I want to turn it into a hatchet most nights. Yeah, you know? But, yeah. you know, uh, Jack Benny said, he says, the only instrument you can play every day for years is only to be lousy. You know, You're it's right. a fact. I mean, it's... Uh, it's difficult to play, but I think, you know, it's just like singing in the shower. I'm a rock star when nobody's around, but mm -hmm. in front of somebody, you mm -hmm. know, and that's different, you know, and I've had pretty good opportunities to play around now with some people and that, and it's, it's worked out. Uh, it's getting better, but as you would attest to, you know, some of the first, you know, recitals, you know, uh, I would get up there and, you know, I thought I had my stuff put together and I knew the song and I could play it well, record it, you've heard it, sound great. And I get up there and it sounded like I got the best vibrato in the world for my shakes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just, right. You, you said you that know? at the recital. You're like, uh, guys, this is not vibrato. This is me shaking. <laughs> you know? yeah. so, so, you know, it's a, but I think that all boils down to the, the whole center on that whole deal is identifying myself as a, as a fiddle player. You know, so Tim, what do you play? I play drums, but I also can play fiddle. Mm -hmm. You know, until I can look you in the eye and go, I'm a fiddle player. Right. You know, then I think uh, that's going to, I think that's the transition point. Mm -hmm. And I'll know that, you know, and I think I already do. You know, I had a conversation on it, you know, a few, you know, maybe a year and a half ago, you know, where you said, you know, it's just like when you play drums, you're not thinking about every beat you're playing when you get out there to do it because you, it's become muscle memory. You yep. know it well enough. It's mm -hmm. just you're confident. It's going to come out the same way yeah. it did when you're back in your studio. So, yeah, it's it's a huge transition, though. Yeah. Fun yeah. and def, definite worthwhile, you know, journey. But Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's it's been it's been really fun to teach you some lessons because it's... Uh, it's it's just a it's a ridiculous instrument. I don't know why any of us are playing it. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's a horrible yeah, instrument. It is, it you is. know, it's horrible it in regards to how hard it is. I mean, it's a wonderful instrument, People but it's yeah, it's just one of those things that you don't have any wiggle room right. on anything. You wiggle you wiggle too hard, and you, on your bow and you scratch. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, you're you're barely off like that far, and you're out of tune. You know, it's like every there's no room for failure and it's it's one of those the I've heard this quote from some people that are like 87 or something and they've been playing for like 79 years <laughs> you know I mean they've been playing for a long time and the guy's like so how good are you and he's like I'm making progress you know <laughs> yeah, that, that's his answer and yeah that that's that that first of all as a musician that mentality is wonderful oh yeah because that's a very human uh humble mentality yeah. that you know you it, it's one of those things and I think there might be this might be a general rule for instruments in general it, it will never be Rob one violin zero right. it's always gonna be violin one me zero because <laughs> you cannot perfect these things yeah. there there's but it's that also mentality of a violin where I mean you know if you uh, if you if you play 87 years you might you might get somewhere <laughs> fairly <laughs> you know yeah you're, you're just getting there but wow. that, that's really yeah, and so I know that one one thing that's cool that that you've done is is instead of uh, instead of getting to a point where you're like where they have this in blues musicians and country guys where you play and you learn your stuff in your twenties and teens and then they get to a point where they kind of plateau where they sort of learned blues and they mm -hmm. learned country and then they get to a point where they they can kind of go to a jam and they don't. Uh, they don't really need to kind of practice anymore where they kind of had their, they know right. that their stuff, 
but that's that's so cool that you've taken this moment where um where you're you know later in your career and you're you're still pushing and still searching and still trying and whatever i i think that's so cool and i mean uh, do you see that a lot of people who don't have that mentality especially yeah. later in their careers yeah most people get to a point they're comfortable or they're satisfied and i hear a lot of people talking about you know at a point where they'll, you know, I'm gonna retire. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing this up until this point and then I'm gonna retire. And, and I can see that, you know, if you're just really bored to death, uh, you know, with what you're doing. Um, but, you know, to me, music is a, is a living thing, you know. I can go back to uh, 1987, you know, in mm -hmm. two seconds when a song comes on the radio, mm -hmm. you know, it, it yeah. triggers things in my brain where I'm, I'm not just listening to the song, I'm feeling the music. I mean, really, I mean, as corny as that may sound, it's, it's, you know, there's no way I want to give that up because there are some things that, you know, I mean, and I'm not there yet, but, you know, if I was in my 80s, I'm certain that I would feel exactly how I do now, you know, you know, um, at uh, near half century mark here. You know, I look at things that I did with nostalgia and that is a trigger. And I, suddenly I'm 20 years old and, mm. you know, life is, you know, new and, you know, so that I would never want to give up that, you know, ability to have those emotional journeys and music is like that transcending kind of, you mm. know, device. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I love it, man. There's no way. And, and when I'm done, you know, once I conquer the fiddle in the next six months, mm -hmm. you know, we'll, uh, we'll move on. To oh, you else. will. You will. <laughs> I have faith. <laughs> you know, we'll keep moving, man. That's, I, I'll never stop. Yeah, that's great, man. That's a great attitude. Um, so uh, two, two more quick ones here for you. Um, so, wanna, uh, so I'm always interested because I'm, I'm in, this, in this area here where, yes, I've kind of played quite a lot quite a bunch of years already but I still feel like a very much of a baby in the sense of my gigging career mm -hmm. especially in the band sense of doing the rock stuff and whatever and so I'm really fascinated by the things that I've learned in regards to kind of starting this journey of the gigging and being out with like club owners and like booking bands and running a band or, or just being a gigging musician um, do you have any any kind of advice for those kind of 20, 30-ish year olds that are kind of getting into this new professional scene or whatever? You got any advice for them? Yeah, I'd say the biggest thing is 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 marketing yourself. It's mm -hmm. so difficult when you're a young band. Nobody knows who you are, and you're going into these weary club owners who have seen you know, a million people come through there and guarantee them they're going to pull a crowd, you know, which is always the rub, you know, is whether or not the band's supposed to pull a crowd or the clubs are supposed to. You know, of course, you know, as a musician, I'll, I'm always going to say, hey, you're the one with the business establishment. I can't, you know, drag around a fan base to every place I play if I play 50 times a year in your community. Mm -hmm. um, but I think networking is huge. You know, you, you, if you really have the mentality to, to, take your band to the next step and not playing little corner bars and things like that. You need to pay your dues, get that exposure and, you know, make some, you know, relationships with club owners along the way, you know, and, and, and that is, it's a process, you know, befriending these people and, and, you know, kind of, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine kind of thing. You know, sometimes you got to help out. Maybe you're going to go run backline or, you know, help set up stages, which I've done a lot of. You know, mm. hey, you know, I'll help you out and we get to, you get to be a friend, you know, with those people. Next thing you know, they're going, well, you got a band too, don't you? Well, sure, yeah, we'll do this. Mm. So, you know, that, that in, the, in the earlier phases, that's, that's paying your dues. You know, you got to kind of look for opportunities to do that. But then don't discount putting together nowadays, especially an EPK. You know, if you're a small band and you really want to get out there, take some band pictures put together a small press kit, even if you spend a couple hundred bucks on, you know, some decent recordings of your band mm -hmm. so you can have some material to give to people. That's like that really polished resume, you know, going into a company and you want to get a job when they, they've got a bunch of dog-eared, you know, staple pieces of paper that came off the fax machine from everybody else, but you've got yours in a, you know, immaculate little binder. Yeah. You know? 
So that, that's what it does for you. And I would highly suggest, you know, anybody that's, you know, new to the industry or young trying to get, you know, their foot in the door with these different club owners and things like that is, you know, give them something to chew on. And you don't have to be the most technically, you know, advanced band in the world. Just, you know, you have a good polished product and you can show it and demonstrate that going in the door. That's a great, yeah, that would probably be mine as well to any young is, is the general, because <coughs> we have that a lot coming out of the academia, is that academia is basically been all about learning how to play music beautifully and then learning kind of all the ins and outs of the actual music, you know, knowing your chords, knowing your history, knowing your, you know, it's all about the music and playing it beautifully, but what we miss is when now you're in this gigging world is and, and I think you're you're basically hitting on basically the business side of music right. and there's a lot of the parts of that side. right there's your there's your networking part mm -hmm. there's your promote networking in regards to other musicians right the networking of the club owners the 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 getting your network in regards to people bringing to your shows the getting your press kit the your website I mean you know there there's all these parts I, I totally right. agree with you that that that's something that we don't get taught. Yeah. Right? No. How many videos on the internet are about here's how to play a G sharp half diminished Absolutely. and here's how to play your right. train beat, mm -hmm. but how many videos are out there really about, you know, and one thing that I think is really funny about that is that in college, when you go ask a question, they just answer it, you right. know, because that's what they're there for. You're in teaching. Play, you know, teaching land. And so anytime you have a question, the teacher's like, oh, yes, sweetie, you do this, this, and this, you know? And then, right. but as soon as you get out to these band guys, you go like, hey, how do you market yourself? And they're like, oh, well, you know, you, you know, you just, you know, got to figure it out, you know? And they, yeah. they, that's the one, the one place where I don't think it's that they do have bad advice or they don't know what they're doing. I think that's the one that everybody tries to keep to themselves yeah, a little bit. Do you, have you ever I noticed do. that? Yeah, I, I, I do. And, and I notice that typically, you know, it depends how far up the ranks you are, you know, as far, far as, you know, musicianship. Uh, <clears throat> you know, you're not going to see a band, you know, at the level of the bands that I play that are promoting themselves. You know, we, we play in bands that have promoters. You know, and that's part of the, you know, that's part of that paying your dues and getting up to that, you know, place in life where you can show that to a, a group, a management group that's going to promote you and get you gigs. That's ordinarily how the, you know, the, the industry is run on, on the more professional side, you know, but if you, you know, if you're satisfied with being a, you know, playing at the, you know, the uh, right room and downtown Kansas City mm -hmm. on, you know, three times, four times a year, you know, you know the owner down there, or you're the house band or whatever, you know, um, perfectly fine. There's no, you know, there's nothing wrong with that at all, but it just depends on what your level of motivation in the industry is. Do you want to be a professional, uh, you know, well-marketed musician or do you want to be a, you know, clubby, you know, corner band kind of setup? Mm -hmm. it's yeah. really, you got to pick your goals. There's nothing wrong with either one of those things. Mm -hmm. In fact, some of the funnest gigs I've ever had were, mm -hmm. you know, little hole in the wall bars, and you know, got some good stories from some of those. Oh gigs. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so the last thing I'll, I'll say is, is you know, give give me one, give me like a PG thirteen maybe version. I mean, if you had oh, some kind of crazy, crazy uh, gig. I mean, you talked you talked uh, about yeah. the you talked about the one where he gave you a he gave you one day for like sixty songs oh, yeah. or whatever. I mean, that's yeah. That I, I almost didn't. You know, I got to be careful what I say because I'm still friends with some of these people. But, <laughs> We had one where we went in there and it was, you know, cocktails, you know, nonstop cocktails, you know, and I, I, you know, I don't mind having some drinks. I'm not a big drinker, but, you know, we had, uh, we were being served cocktails all night with that. We didn't really realize that we were, which was the problem because the way the stage set was, you know, the, the uh, bartender and the, and the servers could, you know, bring a drink and refresh your drink on, on the stage. So I'm playing along and I'm thinking everything's going right and I have a, a crown, you know, right. oil in a cup and I'm just sipping on the thing. But it, you know, after about, you know, 10th song and we're getting ready to take a break, I noticed that that cup, I haven't really touched it. I'm thinking, pretty proud of myself. I'm really not, you know, going through these things. Well, by, by the 10th song in our second set, 
I noticed that I'm having the same condition on this cup, not paying any attention to the fact that it's been refilled or, or replaced, you know, five, six times during this set. Wow. Uh, and we're getting to the end of the song and my eyes are rattling. I can't remember the song and, and I can't, you know, it's just everything is going wrong. My legs are going numb. You know, literally <laughs> sitting on the drum drum, my legs are going numb. And uh, I realized at the end of the set that I had had probably, I don't know, you know, five, six crown royals yeah. per set, yeah. <laughs> you know, so just the rest of the night wasn't going to happen. Yeah. I mean, that's all there is to it. Right. Well, I wasn't the only one that this happened to, uh, our lead singer, mm -hmm. this had been happening to all night that night. And uh, we get done and we're packing up our gear at the end of this, you know, humiliating set where our lead singer had announced the name of our band about 15 times during the last set because she was so intoxicated Yeah, herself. that's funny, yeah. So then she ends up pulling the, uh, some of our rigs off the stage, you know, and, and causing some damage to some uh, at the end of yeah. it. But it was, uh, it was one of those nights that you'd prefer not to have happened. Oh, sure, know? yeah. But all I can say is that that is not a typical operating order for me as a musician. Right. That was one of those things that you hope never happens. And, right. And it does, and there's really no excuse for not paying attention except for you're kind of caught up in the moment. Yeah, right, that's funny, yeah. yeah. How, how come every time... Every time one of these funny gig stories that somebody tells me, how come alcohol is involved every single time? <laughs> is that, is yeah. that telling us anything? Yeah, if there's a nightclub involved, there's generally going to be an alcohol yeah. situation. So, but uh, yeah, we're the we're the only. I mean, besides for like airplane pilot and maybe like cops or something, we're the only thing that gets to like drink on the job right you right know, yeah. pilots and right you know <laughs> yeah. doctors right, right? they're yeah, drinking absolutely. on the job right yeah but uh but yeah i mean that, that's just really funny and that that kind of happens though too of of the tough thing about our industry is that that that's one of the what I, what I wanted to do again this show about is is all those elephant in the room kind of mm -hmm. questions that that nobody really addresses and one of them is addiction, you know, oh, in, yeah. in our in our sphere of either drugs or alcohol, Absolutely. and it happens a it's lot a because uh, we, you know, you you get there and it's such an intense intense uh, field to be in because oh, it's yeah. just emotionally intense. Of you're pouring right. your heart out, and then it's it's hard when you get done to uh, like done with the gig. And then you don't have any more of that intenseness. The intenseness right. is gone, and the the uh, the uh, stimulation is gone. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you need you know you need to keep that level up. You know, and it happens a lot where all of us tend to start smoking pot or drinking or whatever. You know, and like it definitely is tough because you know, like you say, there's there's this adrenaline and this intensity. You know, I mean, going back to the violin recital. You know, I was not nervous, mm -hmm. but I had this adrenaline just because my lack of confidence in that situation mm -hmm. where, you know, my whole body was going, yeah. you know, just this, you know, shaking thing, you know, but I, I think a lot of us experience that and we know it of ourselves. So we have our little combination of things that we do to kind of get us in the playing music mode, mm -hmm. you know, and some people just never get beyond that. They never learned to, you know, they've got this crutch and that's just what they're going to do. You know, um, I, I don't, I don't find myself in that situation very yeah. often, you know, and the drumming, I, I, I prefer water. I get dehydrated usually, right. you know, and a lot of times I, I play with my shirt off just cause I get so hot mm -hmm. and currently in the band I'm in, it's part of the, uh, it's part of the character that I'm playing, you know, Artemis Pyle in the family and it's mm -hmm. typical they always play with that. So it actually works for me well, cause that's the way I like to play. But you know, so lots of people you know, find themselves doing things like that to get over their intimidation of being in front of people or mm -hmm. just the overall stress of the situation that they're getting ready to be in. Yeah. You know, you may not admit to it, but I know they do. Yeah. You know. That's, yeah, that's right, man. Um, so, yeah. Um, what else you got, man? Well, I don't know. I think we're. Uh, I think we hit a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. I think we. I think we did pretty good. But you know, I. Uh, I think Kansas City's got one of the best music scenes. You mm -hmm. know, I, uh, I was going to say earlier, you know, moving here from Southern California, you know, it was more of a political scene in California. I think that the opportunity to play music in in the Greater Kansas City area is under underrated. 
Mm. You know, it, it has been uh, absolutely wonderful to be able to move in and out of the music um, scenes as you can here, like no other state. Uh, you know, we've played with guys from Nashville, for instance, mm -hmm. and they'll talk about the politics and how, you know, they'll drum your butt out of there. You know, right, you're not, yeah. you know, here it's like, hey, come on in, bro. You know, you want to yeah. sit in and play? Sure, you know, you might get a, you know, jack wagon now and again that's going to give you a hard time. Right. But pretty accepting time, scene, pretty I think. Yeah, and, and they're very, very tight knit yeah. here. I mean, there's, there's like a thousand or three thousand, you know, pretty quality musicians yeah. in town Some and there and we have such like a jam centric town that I think everybody because everybody has to be in two or three bands like just logistically we have to get to know everybody because right. we just have so I mean everybody every night needs a sub in town somewhere exactly. you know I mean because yeah. everybody's just overlapping bands and mm -hmm. like so so it's just in your best interest to be pleasant it's right. it's not a comp it's a competition but not really yeah. You know, I mean, it's it, everybody's got to know each other, and that's really cool. And I and you're making the point that I'm not sure if every other city is like that. Oh, I know. Yeah. I can tell you they're not. Yeah. You know, there there are probably you know other places you can go and and experience the same thing, but just the pure pool of talent that's here in Kansas City is just amazing. To yeah. Me. Um, <clears throat> maybe that's because you know in this in in this environment you have more of an opportunity to rub shoulders with people, you know, that mm -hmm. uh, in, in other more politically charged environments, you know, you wouldn't get to, mm -hmm. you know, or, or you know. Uh, I know that there's a lot of places like Cincinnati, uh, Oklahoma City, maybe. I mean, some of these other towns that might be this two, three, whatever million people that mm -hmm. don't have our music scene. Oh, yeah. There's a lot Absolutely. of these towns that are, that are yeah. like that are rep. You know, and so like, I that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do the show is because there's so many good musicians yeah. here, and, and I wanted they to get really a chance are. to sit down and talk to them. So they really are. Um, yeah, man. So uh, Tim Andreas, thanks for coming, man. Absolutely. Thanks for uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, man, drum, drummer in town. What was your band's name one more time that you're playing uh, with? Right Edge now? of Forever out of Fort Leavenworth. Um, we are. Um, Currently on break for the winter. We've had a few complications, some health issues, mm. but we're getting ready to yeah. full bore. We just finished uh, some more demo material that's going to be pumping out there pretty quick. I think it's uh, pretty exciting. We're gonna um, we're gonna take the stage by storm next year. So I cool, figure man. sometime early early spring we're we're gonna be a force to be reckoned with. And not that we aren't already. Mm -hmm. That's great, man. Uh, you definitely, uh, definitely keep it up. Absolutely. Um, uh, so that's our show. We'll see you guys next time on uh, KC Music Talk. See you. See you later.